You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yippee-ki-yay, mother gutters. Hey, oh boy, Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. You know what else is here? Ragweed fever. Who's got it? This guy. But you know what? That's not stopping me to get you a fantastic brand new episode. This week we've got Nina Lee, a.k.a. Nina Serafina, doing one of the most acclaimed films of the year Back in 2015, I believe, and that was Whiplash. You know, J. Jonah Jameson playing a jazz teacher who throws a cymbal at a kid's head. Fun stuff. Before we get to it, don't forget, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. Grab yourself a hoodie. It's going to get cold soon. Grab yourself a shirt, mug, bag, whatever. And check out our blog articles every Monday through Friday. Give those a, a look around, would you? Por favor. And hey, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Do us a favor, too. Give us a follow on Instagram, please. Please. As well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's it, guys. Really appreciate you. Love you to death. Without any more delay, let me go take some NyQuil. Here's Nina Serafina doing Whiplash. Gather round is what I know. It smells like someone's been swimming in raw sewage. That would be me. I love it. Kevin Israel, name that film. You know, I know I should know this one. And I don't. <laughs> Naked Gun, two and a half. I think you've gone to Naked Gun a few times, too. And I... I mix between one and two because three's not good. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, we are here. Gutting the Sacred Cow. Yes, again, folks, thank you so very much for joining us another week, another episode. And here we are continuing our – it's been a weird streak of films, Kevin Israel. It's been either beloved films or acclaimed films, as you yeah. just heard us do. Logan, very acclaimed and successful, I should add, too. Citizen Kane, acclaimed, very acclaimed, and uh, not really successful, but very probably the most acclaimed film of all time. 
And uh, the last, uh, you know, couple have been uh, some really beloved films, and that would, of course, be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But today we have Nina Lee. Nina, how's it going? What's going on? It's going well. Um, nothing much is really going on. Just happy to be here. Nina, tell the good folks what you're up to, where we can find you, and shout out some of your projects. Yeah, totally. Um, well, you all found me from my Twitter so definitely follow me on Twitter. I tweet about films that I love and hate quite often. It's Nina Serafina. Um, I have a web series on YouTube called Sorry About That. So definitely check that out. And I can't remember what else you asked me. What you're up, where we can find you and what you're up to. So Oh, yeah, yeah. So what I'm up to is... Um, I guess at the end of last year, I got $50,000 to make a short film, and wow. I was really excited about it, and I got my first rejection into a film festival right before this podcast, and so that has me really excited to tear into some films that are really beloved. Take my isn't, it, isn't it fair to say that you're not a filmmaker if you don't get some rejection? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you, you need rejection. You know, but I don't know. You you see so many people like even with. um, Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I like how Nina took this into the tell us where you're from and what you're up to and made this uh, uh, humble brag section by saying oh, she got 50 grand. We sure as fuck don't get 50 grand worth of advertising yet. And then I took it back and said, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I would take $50,000 to get rejected all day long. You son of a bitch. You saw the words exactly verbatim out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Nina has chosen to continue on the acclaimed train. Ha, rhyme. The 2014 mm-hmm. acclaimed juggernaut Whiplash. A budget at the time of $3.3 million. A box office gross of $13 million in the States, but $49 million worldwide. Turn mm-hmm. that into 2021 money, $3.7 million budget and a $55.7 million haul. Kevin Israel, that is one hell of an ROI if my, yeah, uh, my math goes about it right. About what, 18, 19 fold ROI? Oh, yeah. that's mm-hmm. Anybody would take that. Anybody yeah. on Wall Street. So when Nita gets 50 grand to do a, a movie, she should expect it to get about two and a half, maybe, to, to <laughs> ROI. Short films don't make any money. Well, this was a short film, by the way, that did go to Sundance. Yeah. And that's how it got made into a feature. But we're going to get into it. Before we do, it's time for the guessing game. IMDB, as we all know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Nina, what do you think Whiplash got on the IMDb 1 through 10 again with decimal points. Well, it honestly wouldn't be like very fair for me to answer that because Oh no. <laughs> I was reading I was reading reviews of the film. <laughs> fair. Kevin earlier. Did you, did you and my that? film was still on it. I mean my phone was still on it. Did you see that number she flashed? No, I wish my eyes were that good. Did you have so why don't you why don't you go first adventure I guess yes. then or go adventure I guess oh IMDb I'm gonna say that it's a uh, a nine two eight five wow that's that's a lot lower than I expected as well yeah Nina did you did you look up the Rotten Tomato score I did not excellent so you can go first and guess what the critics one through one hundred percentages gave Whiplash critics Rotten Tomato score 
gosh, I want to say 89 or 91. Well, you I'm going to pick one. Okay, I'm going to go with 91. Kevin Israel? 94. Holy shit, one of you is a winner of two showcases, and that is my co-host, Kevin Israel, 94. I've had such a bad run of these that I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> so let's go with the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Nina, what did Whiplash score? I'm 8.8. So 88, it's percentages still. Oh, eight percent. yes, 88. 88. Kevin Israel? Yeah, I'm going to go a little lower, 83. 94 again. Wow. Uh, One of the very few times the audiences and critics see completely eye to eye. Quotes. Milk milk the (laughs) quotes. Milk the cunt. That was a quote. Yes. That's when he walks in the the room. When he first walks in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of my and here in the next one, two, three, four, I have. Two of these I use on a regular basis. You definitely have the quote that I was going to th- pick. Oh, well, we'll get there. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Okay. I love saying that one. Oh, look, do I, Mr. Gay Pride, the Upper West Side. This is not a Bette Miller concert, and we're not serving Cosmopolitans. How timely during Pride Month that we do this film, right? <laughs> the next one, do I look like a double fucking rainbow to you? Another timely Pride Month reference. And one of my favorites that I shot up while watching this initially and said, holy shit, that's brilliant. There are no two more harmful words in the English language than good job. Kevin Israel, I guess I you didn't get mine. <laughs> Which is? Four words you'll never hear from the NFL. Love it. And that's in the notes. That, I mean, that whole exchange was fucking amazing. But when that ended, I was like, oh, my God. No, he went nuclear. That was amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nina, how about you? Any quotes that jumped out? Um, no, no. Nina Serafina, by the way, if that's your real name, awesome. Cause that is one hell of a porn name. If I do. Right. right. It's Nina Lee. I see. Pretty good porn <laughs> name too, actually. Yeah. Serafina, okay. Isn't that like a, it's good. Is Serafina like a goddess or something? I feel like that's something from mythology. I, I got it from a Lil Wayne song. It's yeah. also a restaurant in the yeah. city, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Five. Little Wayne, Greek mythology. What's the difference? What is the difference? I think that's an excellent point. More gold teeth and less tattoos. Yes. But just much interesting metaphors. <laughs> Five fun facts. Five fun facks. Whoa. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Fun fact. The film was shot in, want to take a guess how long this film took to shoot? Two weeks. Kevin Israel? A month and a half. 19 days. Close, Nina. Very close. Holy shit. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That's I crazy. didn't know that, but yeah. I, I figured. Miles Teller did bleed and while he was drumming, and J.K. Simmons also sustained an injury when Miles Teller tackled him on stage and broke two ribs. That have you ever broken a rib? No, I, heard I did. As fuck. It is no like that's not like you hear about it and you're like, oh, I broke a rib. You can't breathe yeah. for a month. That's no joke. Yeah, I've heard. Must have been a hell. It must have been one hell of a band practice you were part of that that happened to you. He threw a drum at me. Whiplash is the lowest grossing Best Picture nominee since 1990. Hmm. 
Whiplash, like wow. I alluded to this before, based on a 17-minute short that played at Sundance in 2013. J.K. Simmons was in the original cut short film, but Miles Teller replaced so- some poor bastard that never received an, I- <laughs> an iota of credits. That guy at that Oscars must have been like, ah, shut up, Ben, man. <laughs> uh, us baseball fans and specifically Yankee fans like to say he got Wally pipped. <laughs> Dane DeHaan, who exactly? He played Harry Osborne in The Amazing Spider-Man Part 2, turned down the role of Andrew Neiman. Big mistake, huge. Want to take, take a guess, both of you, how many awards that J.K. Simmons won for this role? Ooh, I'm trying to think. Oh, through all the award shows? All of them. Everything, all in. Maybe like eight. I don't know. It's way more than that. He won like everything he was nominated for, I'm sure. <laughs> Give me a number. 19. Kevin Israel. 11. 47. Holy shit. Ooh. Yeah. Because he be- won everything he was nominated for, I'm yeah. sure. And I'm sure probably a Kids' Choice Nickelodeon Award, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best scene with child abuse goes to you know when when the kid at, was asked are you out of tune and he said i don't know green slime yeah. should have fallen from the ceiling it's <laughs> a hearty laugh i'll take that as a win this is the ask the gutter segment but unfortunately i did not tweet that out so unfortunately we don't have any questions as of yet okay. so you can hey, Kev, wait real quick in yes, your sir. in your in your research. Yes. Did, did Miles Teller really learn to play the drums for this? Yes, he did. In fact, they had uh, some guy 90 percent. Some of the insanely fast stuff they cut away to. But not, he was playing the drums since he was 15 years old. Oh, so he knew how to play the drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, okay. It was something and I'm paraphrasing. So for, it, it, he practiced three or four hours a day for four or five days out of the week. But he was playing drums since he was 15. And okay. yes, again, he, he played those drums. Until yeah. Cause I, I said to my wife when we were watching it last night, I was like, there's no way he just learned to play like that for this right. movie. Gosling learned how to play piano real fucking fast for La La Land, but not to this kind of yeah. intensity. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And now it is time for Nina to try and pull a rabbit out of her ass and try and take down one of the most acclaimed films of all time. (laughs) And it's time for Nina to gut Gut the sacred cow. Cow. Okay. So... Adam, like, to preface this a little bit, when I first saw Whiplash, I was still in film school. And, you know, I think I think this movie gave me PTSD. <laughs> I think that was, like, a huge part of it. And But it also had a few, like, optics of the film that I didn't fully support either. I felt like the film relied a lot on performances. And I just felt like, outside of the performances nothing really happened in the movie. And I always just felt like, I don't know if you all have seen Drumline, but I just felt like <laughs> it was like a white man's Drumline. I love Drumline. <laughs> I love Drumline. I was just like, you know, no, I just, I did. I felt like it was a white person's response to Drumline. Um, yeah, I found it boring. I found it really pretentious, obviously abusive. I think the abusiveness in the film isn't really you know jk simmons by the end of the film he gets you know 
in trouble for it. But a lot of like film bros really relished in his character and really felt like abusiveness breeds good art. And so I guess the stupidity of the people that loved the film kind of made me dislike it. Because even now, like I searched Whiplash um, movie and on Twitter and so many people are just like, oh, if you don't have someone who's, um, what's his name? Which um, J.K. Simmons name is it? Fletcher. Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher. Right. Yep. They were saying, you know, had he never really pressed him to become this great drummer, then it wouldn't have happened. And so I guess my disdain of the film is more about the audience's reaction to it and less of the film, even though I do think the film is boring as hell and pretentious. Um, Yeah, I don't understand how they weren't able to watch something like that and see that it was abuse. Um, I think I also just have like a problem with, you know, I like movies that pass the, um, oh my gosh, now I'm not thinking about how to say it. The, is it the vegetable? Be- vegetable? Bechtel. Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. And so the only time that a woman speaks, I think, is twice at the dinner table. And she says something that's not important. And then, you know, when he's talking to the girl that he likes. But it's always just really short. And I don't know. I don't think it added to the movie. But there are women involved in jazz. You know, when you think about Ma Rainey. She's kind of like, she was a black woman in the 20s and she's Mm -hmm. kind of known as like the creator of jazz music, blues and rock and roll. And so there are women, even now, it may not be as easy to find, but I feel like, you know, filmmakers can kind of raise the bar and find a way to incorporate women into these films in a different sense. Like it was no women in the band at all. And I felt like, you know, he could have found a woman to play in one of those parts i also kind of you know i would like to see he did it was always there was no really black people it was in the movie they didn't i think you know it might have been one or two in the band but they didn't speak but once again jazz music was something that was you know created from black people so i would have liked to have seen him kind of like raise the bar himself and look for ways where he can incorporate that but i do have to say that he did take the advice that a lot of people had about that um, regarding to Whiplash. And he did come out with the Eddie, which was actually pretty spectacular to me. It's a show on Netflix. It's really good. I will say this at the end, when Miles Teller was doing his drum solo and the bassist with black guy standing behind him. Uh, Yes. I thought it was hysterical. Like he was just staring at him. For a guy who had no lines, (laughs) I thought that really kind of, showed what everybody was feeling while it this was did. going on because he was just like so that could have been a movie itself about like a black man struggling who's this like blossoming jazz artist but like struggling in like the music scene because of like all these like white men who get like so much more praise than he does hold on i'm so stuck on drumline which one was the jk simmons character in drumline the band director. I don't know. I never, see, I never saw a drumline. I was just going to see. Oh, okay, okay. You have see to see if you see draw it. a parallel. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's no, it's like very paralleled. Um, Orlando, I can't think of the actor's name. Oh, 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 Brown. oh. Orlando Brown or Bloom? No, he was. He was. Uh, no, he was. He, used, he was like the sprite guy for a while. Orlando, or the, Orlando Brown. Is it Brown? I'm pretty sure it was. He was a comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in uh, the replacements. He yes, was yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's Orlando Brown. Yes, Orlando wow. Jones. Orlando Jones. Orlando yeah. Brown was a, Orlando Brown was a left tackle got blinded by a referee's flag. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh. Not even close. Shit. That's my football movie knowledge crossing over wow. yet again. Sorry. Good yeah, time. and so in that movie, you have this really spectacular um, drummer who goes to this really for it's pretentious in the black community, but it's supposed to be like the best um, black school with like the best band. And so he feels like, oh, I'm so great. I'm a great drummer. And he goes to his first day of band practice. And the band director is just like, you're not that good. You're da 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 da. You're nothing. Without, it wasn't as abusive, but I did. He never I, slaps him in the face. He never slaps him in the face. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I did. When I watched Whiplash, I was like, this is drumline. And I went straight to Google to see if anybody had said this, and no one had. So I don't know. I just, well, I, I wasn't, in, I wasn't that impressed. I was impressed with the performances, but in the editing, Okay. but just with the movie as a whole, I was just like, meh. Okay. Oh, I said, I think I'd like it more if it was a play. It did feel like a play. Yeah. How could it be more like a play? Exactly right. It felt it very much like, like a play. Without mm-hmm. the annoying, without the annoying musical numbers, so I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, no, God, the musical numbers would have been terrible. I can't imagine like any singing in that. <laughs> he could have been singing and dancing while he was throwing right. chairs yeah, at his head, like, clapping in the face, and then have a song about getting slapped. Are you out of tune, you big old pussy? Clang. You need to get slapped in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Wayne, if little Wayne did the musical numbers for well, this Well, you know, film? now now that might be interesting. Okay? Sure. It could be like Hamilton. <laughs> what um, else you have? You know, those might have been my biggest woes of it. Okay. All right. Give me a, give me a number one to ten, then, of your opinion of Whiplash. Well... I don't know. I know what it takes to make a film, so I don't think any movie is bad. And I guess I should have started by stop. Stop right now. That's not true. We've watched plenty of bad movies. I I I love bad movies. That's why I wanted to choose something that everyone loves. That's the whole podcast. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) This is our podcast. Oh, it's so easy to go after like a bad film and be like, you know, tell everyone what they already know. You watch a movie, you know, it's fucking bad. Yeah, they do that in other podcasts. That's why I, yeah. I just I didn't think that it was completely original, but yet, like, I didn't think it was original at all. But yet, it got all of this praise, and everyone's saying how they've never seen anything like this. And I was just like, "Yes, you have. Yes, yes, you have." <laughs> I don't know, and I just feel like the performances. I do. I just feel like what everyone said. Everyone said it was a great movie because I think sometimes we can't separate great performances from a movie being great. So yes, J.K. Simmons is like amazing, but I felt like the movie was kind of lackluster. I would disagree. I think there's a lot of films where I'm like, that's a monster performance, but the film fucking sucks. Okay, give me one. You know, I I was trying to think. Go ahead, Kevin. You got one. Ma Rainey. There you go. 
Absolutely. I thought everybody's performance in that movie was fucking amazing. It was. But when, when you look at the movie in a whole, nothing really happened in the movie. Like no. it was just, it was all these little kind of vignettes about something happening to these each individual during a day. But Which was also a play. I think. Yes, I it was. Correct. Like, yep. I was in it in college. And so I was, I'm not a big fan of plays becoming movies. Like, yeah. I feel like the theater should stay. I just watched, I just watched In the Heights and, um, Mm -hmm. and I, and Kevin doesn't like musicals. I do, but this, I, I think translating a musical to a movie does just does not work. It doesn't work. And so it might be where a lot, even though Whiplash is not, was not a play or a musical, I felt like it gave me a lot of those similar emotions. And so not a lot of scene changes, not a lot of, you know, exteriors and different things like that. And I just, I don't like it. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a film and this is not going to be a timely reference. But again, I'm going through a little spurt right now with my cue where I'm watching a bunch of old shit. Some like it hot. Great performances. The plot. So who gives a fuck? Some like it hot. Was that Marilyn Monroe? No, that was uh, that was Elizabeth Taylor and Paul. Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, yes. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. You're right. I meant to say cat on a hot tin roof. That's cat on a hot tin roof. You really are digging deep. Yeah, that's (laughs) terrible. Terrible. Let's talk about it. Guess what it was before a movie play. I know play, but even, but the plot itself though, is just like, again, I was like, I just don't fucking care about any of these people. And I didn't stories. care about it. I, I, I tried to watch it just to be like, you know, this film person that's seen all these like classical films. And I was same, same thing. I'm like, wow, I don't care about this movie. Oh, well, you know what? Birdman, which plays like a play and is about a play runs. Okay. Like I never felt like it, like when I watched the Heights, it dragged to me, which a musical shouldn't mm-hmm. drag. A musical should never drag because the like whole point of the when musical... in, like when you're in a playhouse, a theater, right. I think it doesn't drag because you're like a part, of, part it. of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like Burn Man. Go figure. So did, guys, so did I mean, that. Yeah, that's my point that for a movie that runs like a play and probably could be a play, mm-hmm. it didn't drag. They, it was paced yeah. and timed well. And of course, it was done in that one shot style. Right. Um, which could, could help. And yeah. one more film that the performance far outweighs the film itself and that was just done in this very podcast not three weeks ago with citizen kane that film was a slog mm, yeah i so, yeah i don't care about citizen kane yeah all. neither do we but <laughs> let's get to kevin i'm gonna take this one first go for mind. it i'm gonna go for and these notes of course sponsored by gutting the sacred cow.com where you can find some fantastic shirts some hats it is summertime get a tank top get a t-shirt get a who gives a shit just get something for the love of christ we're trying to put a few ducats in our pocket, right? Please support your favorite podcast. And, of course, if you want to uh, advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Love to hear from you anyway, just to say hi. Like I said, we're you know, accepting advertising and whatever. Hit us up there, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes, two minutes in, and J.K. Simmons is one of the best douches in movie history without fail. Second point, raisinets are fucking gross. Raisinets mixed in with popcorn remind me of assholes who put pineapple on pizza. Doubly gross. My my wife was like, they're putting chocolate on the popcorn, and I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> no, if you have melted chocolate on popcorn, which they actually sell in Epcot with Werther's, it's fucking delicious. But raisinets mixed in with popcorn. No, that's disgusting. That's no. a lot of different textures. Yeah. These band members don't look geeky enough for my taste. I don't see enough headgears, deadened eyes to being abused by their fellow students, or scars from Asian parents on Asian kids beating their kids when they go out of tune. Not Here we really go. Enough. 
There it is. Kevin's if, first band nerd joke. Here's another one. If I'm Fletcher, I make the worst player in each section wear the hat with a goofy feather plume as a form of punishment. I'm not laughing at it. I'm not laughing that's, at that's it. Because, that was a choice. That's because Kevin Israel's album cover has him wearing that same hat. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Probably, uh, I've never been to a, a movie theater and ever, ever wanted to pick up a movie theater employee. Probably because the form-fitting polyester pants never worked for the gals who were employed by the AMC Corporation. Not for this fellow. Sorry. Kevin Israel, what's the weirdest place you've ever met a woman or picked up a woman? You got to come back to me. I got to go back. I actually wrote this down. My prom date, my mom picked up for me at Chili's when I was, my mom said, he just got fired from his last job. And this is, I was a senior in high school. He just got fired. She goes, we're hiring. And she write this smoke show hostess, writes her name and number on an application, hands it to me. And I took her to my senior prom. True story. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Cleaning your spit valve has to be one of the grossest fucking things that are in band. What's next? Using the conductor's wand to pick your nose, drummers scratching their ass cracks with their sticks, bassoon players putting the reeds up the piccolo players, rectum and blowing filthy habits in the band. Go on. I cannot. Ugh, gross. By the way, not that much spit comes out when you clear your, that was an exaggeration. Dude, it was like he was in the seventh inning of a baseball game and had a full dip in his mouth. That big glop that fell out. Did you ever practice until your hands bled too, Kevin? Yes. I was, I, Nina, I played the drums. Oh, wow. I was a little kid, yeah. Oh, shit. Not like this, though. No, it wasn't like Like in church. No, I mean, I was in the band and I did all church. this kind of stuff. Did you just say church and his last name is Israel, Nina? God damn it. Get okay. And Wow. You know, it's in a dog. <laughs> no, you know what? I did go to it. Nina, I did go to a church. And Kevin is just too small-minded to appreciate no. expanding my religious no. options. No, she said, did you play in a church? You're not playing in a church. Maybe, you know. No, I, uh, no, I did play in, like, in my, my school band. I played from the time I was like six till I was in my 20s. How the fuck do you lose a, mu- a music book while just buying a soda? Do they have competing schools trying to swipe them like sororities would steal our pledge books when we were pledging? What kind of fuckery goes on oh, in this band university? Yeah. Right? Never got in my some line that happens. I see. Yeah. It was our paddles. They would try to steal our paddles. They were going for our pledge books because they knew we had nefarious shit written in there. <laughs> When Neiman was at the family dinner, wow, not one but two hilarious bombs. You hit the first one. Come play for us. Four words you'll never hear from the NFL. And it's Division Three. I laugh my <laughs> balls off with those two parts. The movie theater girl gets no time to shine, as Nina aptly put it. We hardly knew anything about her, but I get the narrative of not having her involved before she has the chance to work her charms out. Look, give her one or two qualities to see, like, maybe she's someone that he, she should get to know. Or maybe mm-hmm. she's a real piece of shit. But he was at least honest and goes, you know what? My, my, my student, my musical is my life. I want nothing to do with it. I'm sorry. Right. I'm out. It was a double-edged sword. Living next to or near Andrew's room must be a nightmare with this constant drumming. This must be the equivalent of living next to people who constantly clog or play bachata music. What's bachata music? Bachata. I don't know what it is. That's the Dominican dance music. Uh-huh. Well, then you have to hear them dancing as well. Yeah. 
Hard pass. Hard pass. Kevin, get ready for that doesn't happen. He punches a hole through his drum kit. The one thing he needs to practice on most and destroys it. I don't care how mad you get. You're not busting up your own fucking instrument unless you're Kurt Cobain and you're on the scene of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit or Saturday Night Live because you made millions. You're not going to destroy it as, a, as, as your only drum kit. That doesn't happen. And by the way, to, to piggyback on that, I, I would love to talk to one of the set workers on the on that movie because if you punched a drum that hard, first of all, those skins are incredibly strong. Mm, what would have oh. more likely happened is it would have tipped over. It would have just it would have probably tipped over. To punch through a drum head, you would have to have really sharp knuckles and a perfect punch. Really? It's just, yeah, you you can't. I mean. You're, you're I mean, hitting them so because you're hitting it so hard that it's yeah. just no, I get that. But if you drive it, like if you're throwing a good punch, like you're trying to punch the old punch board, the price is right board game. The, I think you could probably land through that with maybe one this, or two, like boom, like real the solid. stand would game. probably tip over before you're able to punch actually through the, through the drill. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's not, it's not likely. And the way he punched through it, he punched through it like it was paper, which yeah. those, those things are typically made out of some kind of hide. Right. The moment of patho, pathos, excuse me, with Fletcher telling the story about his dead student was a nice touch. And then he turned out to be lying, brilliantly written. I haven't heard the word Jaime used as a slur since Jesse Jackson called New York City Jaime Town. <laughs> that one struck me pretty hard. I'm like, Jaime, my God, damn, that one's, I thought that was long retired. I like when they I like when they try to make a character so hateful that he just covers all the slurs like through this movie. He just he offended everybody. Oh, he yes. is everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Breaking apart the drum kit in the middle of Neiman playing is a masterclass in sociopathic behavior. And I, I absolutely love when Neiman tackled Fletcher in the middle of the stage in the oh. competition. That was just a perfect release point for me. I enjoyed that part. I kept waiting for the entire film for Paul Reiser just to say one time. This is not my locker. (laughs) Fletcher setting him up in the end is brilliant. Neiman doing the drum solo is the perfect all-in re-raise. Fletcher has one hell of a journey in this. He goes from asshole to wounded lamb to vindictive, back to asshole, and then finally a mentor slash maybe equal to Andrew. Here's what I appreciated about this film. It takes a subject that virtually no one gives a fuck about and completely sucks you in. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples that have done that to me as well. Euro James of Sushi, the story of an 80-year-old Japanese master sushi chef. King of Kong, two video game nerds trying to break the record in Donkey Kong. This film sucked me in about jazz music, which I could give two shits about. And most people also say they like jazz music just to seem worldly, but they don't. <laughs> And the constant battle amongst jazz students fighting for chair position in the band sucked me in. This film is a fucking tour de force. I absolutely loved it. It should have won Best Picture instead of Birdman. Thank Christ Simmons won this uh, Best Supporting Actor. Otherwise, the Oscars would have even less credibility than it already has. This film... Passes the remote test, Nina, and that is anytime you stumble upon a film at any point of uh, that it's playing, half hour in, hour, hour and a half, whatever, mm-hmm. you drop the remote and go, yep, I know what I'm doing for the next X amount of minutes left. This film, without fail, always makes me drop the remote. It has amazing rewatchability. There is no reason 
anything, anyone should give this film less than a nine. It is damn near perfect when it comes to creating memorable characters. Nine out of 10 for yours truly. Absolutely love it. Showstopper. Kevin Israel, <laughs> floor is yours. Wow. Well, so I, I, was, I started rewatching this movie last night and I thought I remembered it really well from when I'd seen it six years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the a lot of the drumming um, storyline really hit me because I lived a lot of that. But I didn't remember the actual point of this movie. I didn't remember the actual message that this movie was trying to send, which which I feel almost, I felt like I'd like to go back and talk to myself back then, because were you an idiot? Did you miss the whole point of this movie? Because the the evolution that that uh, Kev pointed out. It's it's so nuanced in that it not only he does I don't see I don't think he becomes a mentor he finally gets the one thing he wanted he wanted to create a great jazz musician he wanted to say that kid's mine which the kid who killed himself he didn't he wouldn't admit that he killed himself because that was an embarrassment to him right. he was such a, a sociopath and a megalomaniac that he couldn't he couldn't put that on himself. He nothing was ever going to be his fault. He was only trying to b- make the best thing possible. And at that moment, when he saw that interplay between uh, between the two of them, he realized I've I've made another me. I've created me. And the whole movie. And I, and this was the other thing I remember thinking. I remember feeling bad for Miles Teller through this movie. The the beginning scene where he keeps slapping him. And I, I remember thinking that he was a victim in all this. But really, he was just a, a young J.K. Simmons character. He was just waiting to become the next Fletcher. He cut off everything in his life. He treated everybody like shit. He was absolutely obsessed with this with this one focus point, And it was all that mattered. And then all that all that he, and finer in that was he just wanted Fletcher's approval. All he wanted was Fletcher, who was what he was trying to become to approve of him. And to give him that. So it didn't matter that he, it, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like that cliched batter housewife syndrome, but it goes, it goes beyond that. It goes so far beyond that because he wanted to, he wanted to actually be him. So the abuse didn't even occur to him. It, he didn't care that JK Simmons was slapping him. He cared that JK Simmons didn't approve of what he was doing and it wasn't good enough. And that is fucking bananas. But you see people at that level of anything, whether it's sports or music or, or, or movie making, you see it. You, you see people just getting so caught on the end goal that they don't take a moment to look at wh- wh- how am I affecting the others around me with my obsession. And that's a really, really deep point to take. And I, I, like I said, I played the drums. I started playing the drums when I was six. I played until I was in my 20s. I played, I was in the marching band, which I got a lot of, I really got laid a lot out of that. And uh, I didn't. Um, and I played in concert bands and jazz bands and I a rock. I played in a couple of rock bands. I actually opened for no doubt, just no, no, no name dropping there. But, uh, so I, but I was always a mediocre drummer. I was at best. I wasn't naturally good. Like miles Teller's character in this movie is a natural drummer. And I knew I was friends with people like that. And it's amazing to see somebody who can just pick up drumsticks and start playing whatever's being played. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's amazing to see that with any instrument. That wasn't me. I had to work my ass off just to be okay. And that was the best I ever was, was just okay. But I, I, I went through a lot of that. I, I was like all state band, which sounds, so, which the, so the funny thing is about the funny thing about drumline is I remember watching drumline and being like, I wish I was black. Drumming, the, you could be cool and in the band if you were black. Like that was an option for black kids. Yeah. For white kids, 
that didn't exist anywhere. There was no place for you to go to be in the marching man and be like, cool. It was and a that, white character. What's that? It was a white character in Drumline. There was that the, the one, the, the one kid. Yeah. Yeah. What? And he was, and he was clearly really not supposed to be there. Like they were all being very nice to him. But I, I remember I, in some marching band competitions when we would, you know, there would be a black school that came on. They were always fucking amazing. And people came out to watch them. And we yeah. were like, we would have our like parents maybe in the audience and there would be their whole schools to yeah. watch. Them. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, we don't care about the football teams. We care about the marching. And we were like, Absolutely. what, what is this is real life? Mm-hmm. So. So that, yeah, that struck me funny. But so I, uh, so, and this, this doesn't have as much to do with the movie as how the movie impacted me. I was in, I was in all state concert band, not jazz band. Jazz, by the way, is incredibly hard to play. Jazz music for a drummer, like this movie shows, is really difficult to play. The timing, the speed, the accuracy, it's really, really hard. But so I, I made all state band, which was actually a big deal. And we had, I know, Kev, just let this go. Just just get past this with your varsity jacket and I don't have one. Live, live in the glory days. I don't so, know. So I made All State Band and the uh you you the whole point of All State Band was you played a big concert at one of the performing arts centers in Jersey. And you had practiced for I want to say like two months. You had rehearsals every twice a week building up to this thing. So and I was always a slacker in band. Like I never took it very seriously and I was just good enough to get by. And apparently I was just good enough to make this audition, but these kids took it all really, really seriously. But the conductor we were working with was a fill in conductor. Cause the, we were supposed to have this like guest conductor who was a big deal. And so through the rehearsals, the conductor we had was this kind of, this guy who was kind of like weak and he just let us do whatever we wanted. And I just fucked around and I didn't make first or second chair percussion. Like you saw in this, I was, I was third chair. So I was playing like, it was called like percussion two. So it was like the triangle and the, uh, (laughs) I I played that. So I played the timpani, which if you don't know what the timpani is, that's the drums you hear in 2001 space odyssey and the the famous music. So I, so this one song I had to play the timpani and I never took it seriously. And the tricky thing about the timpani is you have to tune them. You have to tune them to a certain note when you're playing them. And I am completely tone deaf. And my drum teacher just taught me for my audition how to tune the timpani to this one note. So I knew exactly how to do that. But you're supposed to, as a musician, be able to tune it at any point to any note. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that. So we, we rehearsed for a month and a half with this one conductor who didn't give a shit. And then the real conductor came in and he was a psychopath. Yeah. And he was just started yelling at everybody because no. Nobody was doing what it was. It, it wasn't as bad as this, but it was it felt fucking close. And he was screaming at every everybody. And I was like, oh, shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. And so when we played the one song that I had to play the timpani on, I started playing and I hit the drum once and he goes, stop. Miss and he just kept calling me Mr. Timpani. He goes, Mr. Timpani, what's that tune to? And I was like. A C and he's like, is that a C? And I was like, yeah, he's like. It is not. And I remember I got hot and I was, and he came over to me and he stood over me and he's like, tune it to a C. And everybody was watching me and I didn't want to say, I, I have no idea how to do that. And it's got these pedals on it that you can tune it to. It tightens the head. And I happened and I, I pushed it and I hit it and I must have just gotten to the red. And he's like, that's a C. Now, can you do that every time? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, very good. And he just walked away and everybody was like, and I just heard everybody go, 
Like that was the that was the most yeah, intense thing these band kids had ever experienced. Unbelievable! So baseball coaches for years <laughs> fighting that moment. It, 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 everyone, yeah, that is a good story. Everyone <laughs> shits on sports coaches for years for this. Guess who got called a faggot for missing the cutoff man once? Me. Guess who never missed the cutoff man again? Me. All right. It's so how sports that like abusive yeah. behavior makes you a better performer. Right. But it's the same. I'm just drawing a parallel that band coaches are also monsters, just like sports coaches. We get more yeah. shit. It's just band coaches are kind of on the, uh, on the slide on the side, because I think anybody who takes anything they're training, they're trying to teach seriously, especially at that level, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get some kind of crazy, crazy behavior. But anyway, my point is that this movie watching it just last night brought me back to all of that. It was like PTSD just but, thrown in my face. Yeah. Yeah. I had to live through the whole thing. And I like, I forgot about the whole phenomena of first chair, second chair, and people were like obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always knew that I was okay. So I just didn't care. Like I didn't care what I was. I was just happy to be doing something. So I, I, I get it. But watching, watching this to me was what a lot of my friends who were very, very good musicians. And I had a few friends who were fucking amazing musicians and they all, they tried going to Juilliard and in the city. Um, it, it really is like that. I mean, I don't know if you have somebody throwing a chair at somebody's head, but these, these instructors and these people, and especially, and Kev will know this because it's a lot, a lot like comedy. When you have people who didn't succeed at the, at what they wanted to do when they become teachers, mm-hmm. they become the worst people in the world. Yeah. And that's what happens with a lot of bookers. Bookers are a lot of time who, who decide who are, who's on shows in comedy are failed comedians. So they treat comics like shit because they're bitter. And that's kind of what this dynamic was. So it, 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 it affected me a lot. Um, but so I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole movie. Kev covered it, covered it really well. I just wanted to share that one story of how it related to me. Tell me you ever, you still wake up at night in the middle and a cold sweat and jump out of bed and go, a C, a C. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, it's completely opposite. I forgot all about that experience until I watched that movie last night. And at some point they showed a timpani and I was like, oh, Oh my God. And I, I'm just telling this story to my wife and she was like, so you were just playing the drums? And I was like, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> the story if that I'm trying to tell you. had been in something like that, you, you can't understand it. Yeah. And I think that's why Whiplash, I'm just like, oh my God, so many bad memories. And the fact, even with you, Kevin, I think you hit it on the head, was that... Um, Gosh, I'm so bad with character names. That's why I had IMDb opened. Fletcher. Um, yeah, not Fletcher. My, um, um, oh, um, John Neiman. Andrew Yeah, Neiman. I always want to say Miles, but I want to use his character name. That's fine. But he was. He was growing to become exactly who Fletcher was. And that's why when so many, like, you know, I call them film bros. But when they watch Whiplash and they're just like, oh, like, it's perfect. And he called out his abusive behavior. He's a hero. He's the, you know, he's the protagonist of the film, but he was not the protagonist of the film because look at his behavior towards everyone. He's yeah. literally morphing into a Fletcher when he gets older, especially if he doesn't reach, you know, the person he wanted to become. Like he told the girl, like, I am going to become this great person, but maybe you're not. Right. And you're already showing so many signs of bitterness. And like I said, you know, I can't be upset at the stupidity of the audience, but I think they did <laughs> make me. But you know what? And I, I, I actually didn't like that he called 
um, Melissa Benoit, who, by the way, is now Supergirl. Uh, he didn't end up calling. He, I didn't like that he called her to find out what she was doing because I felt like that went astray from where he was actually going in his character development path. Mm-hmm. He should have just completely written her off. And I get that they were trying to show, look, she moved on and she's having a normal life and now you lose out. But I don't think he to save face. They were trying to save face because no, his character would not care. Right, right. And I think and I feel like maybe that was added after the fact because they were like, he's too hateable. Right. Um, and they probably so- were like, let's get her back in and show that she is this like developed person. She moved on. Who doesn't care about him anyway. And it's like, yeah, you could have just not had her in there at all. Yeah. So, but for me... The 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 movie that I saw, contrary to what the film bros would say, the movie that I saw, I think it was it's fan. I think it's fantastic that you can pull off a movie that actually has no likable characters. Because typically, I hate movies and shows that don't have somebody you can like or root for. Like my wife is watching Handmaid's Tale, and I was like, "Who are you supposed to like in this? Like, there's really nobody likable in this movie in the show that you can get your hands around." So for for a movie like this, and you know, the movie is pretty it's pretty short and it's very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't, you don't almost get lost in the fact that how fucked up Miles Teller is, but I think it was an amazing, it's amazing if you see it, once you see that Miles Teller's character is just becoming JK Simmons character and that JK Simmons is so happy about that. And he says, I can't remember the jazz musician's name, but he's like, I never had my whatever that guy, character's name was, whatever mm-hmm. the the musician's name was. And when he's watching Miles Teller played the drums that so- solo. He realizes this is it. This is his. He has the moment now to make to create this musician, and that's all he cares about. He doesn't care that because it, it, it was. It's awesome when Miles Teller looks at him and goes "fuck you" while he's playing. Yeah. Like that's a great moment, but it yeah. doesn't matter. And he doesn't care because he got he made this in his mind. He made this guy what he wanted him to be, and his, as he's fucked up and he's damaged, and it'll probably pass that damage along to other people, but he's gonna be a great musician. And that's all that mattered to him. So for me, that mess, the message in uh, that message in this movie, number one resonates personally, because I've seen friends go through it. And number two, it's just an, it's, it's, it's an important story to tell and to show how damaging these people, these people can be. And that there are people who won't feel victimized. I mean, that, and that was when you saw Miles Teller sitting with his parents, he was like, I don't, why are, why am I even here? Why are you, I should be back practicing like that's all he cared about and then he reluctantly tells this tells the story purely just because he wants to get even with jk simmons not because he felt victimized just mm-hmm. because he wanted to fuck over jk simmons uh or fletcher so for me i i i also really really like this movie i think i like it for reasons that other people probably don't see or probably don't get and especially having lived through some of it mm-hmm. and the ptsd that it left with me uh it's and I, any drummer you talk to will 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 understand and the, the, the bleeding hands and and by the way your hands bleeding isn't that big of a deal like they made it look like oh my god but if you practice for two hours and you have wooden and you're doing the same motion with wooden sticks in your hand your hands are gonna bleed until you build up the calluses and then I mean, they'll some point I'm gonna, break ask, the, I'm gonna ask the lamest probably the gayest question you're gonna ask do people wear gloves just to keep themselves from getting no. blisters and shit you, you can't because yeah, you, yeah. you need that you need the tactile and you'll see like 80s drummers 80s like hairband drummers oh the way that gloves. gloves yeah the yeah. way that gloves wear, <laughs> wear the gloves just to look cool but you you need that you need especially not if you couldn't have the fingers on because you're really manipulating six with your fingers but um yeah this was this was a great movie for me i don't know that it passes the remote test i don't know that this is something that i would put on a lot other than to maybe watch jk simmons yell at people yell at all of them 
but uh, it's it is a great movie and it tells a unique tale. For me, it's an eight. Wow, Nina, what did you give again? I forgot. I'm sorry. I think I said a six. Okay. Oh, you didn't hate it then. No, I don't hate it. I think I hate the optics of the film. I see. Okay. Well, let's see what those shitbag critics have to say in our critics' five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. Whiplash is exactly why films are made. It's powerful, moving, scary, and gripping. Thought-provoking, exhausting, inspiring, and in-fucking-tense. They said, they said in-fucking-tense? They put... Uh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what they really wrote. In, percentage sign, star, at ampersand, pound sign, in-tense. <laughs> yeah, everyone... That's why I wanted to discuss it because I've never met anyone that feels the way that I feel yeah. about it, which isn't, I don't feel completely horrible about the movie, but I just don't feel the way everyone does. So I'm a excited ter- to share why. A terrific psychological thriller set in the emotionally shark infested waters of an elite New York, New York music academy. Compelling, stunning, and exhilarating. There are not enough superlatives to, to describe whiplash, to describe whiplash and the impact of its lead performances. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and whiplash hits so hard, it'll leave you on life support, gasping for air. Cut the shit. Have you ever watched a fucking movie where you're out of breath except porno? No, you have not. (laughs) It's not the movie that leaves you out of breath. (laughs) Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics. One star reviews. This is just a sports drama with a brass section. That's fair. That is that is very fair. I agree. A dramatic conceit around which so-called truisms about the destructive quest for artistic perfection can play out. Wow. I think I think this person hands out Charleston chews or Smarties for Halloween candies. How about that? <laughs> Werther's original. <laughs> the movie struck me as unreal and vaguely vaguely ridiculous. I found it easy to imagine Will Ferrell in the role of Fletcher, a switch that would would would, would require no decrease in tantrums and no change in dialogue. I would I would really like to see Will Ferrell. I would love that. Actually. <laughs> Will Ferrell's teeth looks like someone did throw a symbol in his face. Yeah, he's he's great. <laughs> I love your obsession with Will Ferrell's teeth. They are they are like a, a Marianas Trench shark's mouth. Amazing. <laughs> Never gonna look at him without noticing this now. He does have really bad teeth. Thank you. Such a sorry, such a cooked up piece of claptrap that I half expected Darth Vader to pick up the baton. <laughs> I think I think Darth Vader would have force choked the fat kid for not knowing if he was in tune or not, as well as Neiman when he went rogue. Oh, that was such a dumb scene. <laughs> By the way, we should probably talk about this really fast. Well, one more review. There wasn't this much blood in Gladiator. Probably also true. Yeah. Or we probably should talk about real fast, and people are going to go, why don't you bring that up? The car accident. Who yes. the fuck runs away? Like, 
I, I got to go. Gimping away, like, you know, he had to have a broken arm or something. Oh, easily. Right? Yeah. Instead of just more of a, oh, I twisted my ankle. I'm just going to kind of gimp along the side while I can get to this convention. Yeah, it's a good. And it, you know what? They didn't have to make the, the car tip over. Like when the car flipped over, I was like, all right, he's unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have just gotten hit and slid and right. gotten out. <laughs> Did they use the jaws of life to get him out of this too, if I remember? What's that? Did they use the jaws of life to get him out of the car? No, he just crawls yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, you're right. He's out. Right, yeah. Which is even crazier. <laughs> right. He, you can only get hopped up on the adrenaline for so long, and then 45 seconds later, you're going to collapse. Yeah. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. This is a favorite in our house. There is a lot of bad language, but not much else that would be inappropriate for teenage plus viewers. A must see for any musician. Wonderful, powerful story. You're not even sure what you're watching until the credits roll. And I love that it prompted a lengthy debate in our house on proper, quote, teaching methods, unquote. So why did they give this a five? (laughs) They loved it. I don't think I would say it was a wonderful story. I mean, it's a powerful story, but wonderful, yeah. <laughs> wonderful family story. Yeah. This isn't Field Wait, of Dreams. Am- <laughs> I can't. Well, if you think that was crazy, the jazz instructor Fletcher reminded me of my high school football coach. Note, this was back in the days when awards and trophies were only given to winners and not just to everyone for playing. I well, I agree with that. My school had a great football team and I wanted to be a part of it. I was also willing to do everything to impress the coach and almost hurt myself in the process, but the coach never gave me a second look. Don't fumble then. That's the key. I felt like Andrew Neiman in many ways as I watched Whiplash, and it brought back the same hurtful feelings that I had at the time. In the end, I made the, <laughs> I made the difficult decision to quit the football team and join the, or- joined the orchestra. The coaches made me into a joke to motivate the football players. If you can't take it, then you can always see, find a seat in the orchestra. Many years later, I ended up practicing medicine. Signed, Moshe Rosenberg. That hurts. That, wow, he was waiting to tell that story. <laughs> no, that's, that story was its own movie. It was. Wasn't like, it? He's been waiting to tell that. He was just like, now. Now is the chance. The, di- <laughs> the difficult decision to quit, but he never got the ball again. I don't think it's that hard when you're not getting touches, dude. <laughs> but the ironic part would be if that coach came in for an operation and go, yeah. now who's first team varsity? That's what he's been waiting for. That's actually why he chose that. Performance. Which arm am I amputating? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, appendicitis? I heard sex change. Yeah. <laughs> but I got it. Next one. But I got to admit that sometimes when I'm watching a film, I feel like some of the actors are so good, they are like that in real life. Bits and pieces of who they really are. Like, I'll bet anything that Simmons can be a bit of a prick. Just play that role too convincingly. And Miles? Well, one thing about him that really aggravates me is his walk. Like he's carrying a massive steamer in his dumper. Plus, <laughs> I know. Did you write this? No, I feel like I you wrote this. No. <laughs> I knew I'd be accused of that. Um, first of all, I would never say a massive steamer in his dumper. I'm a little more, little more educated than that. Plus, and even in his interviews, he is not grateful for his life's achievements. He has that sort of sense of entitlement, quote unquote, air about him. 
Hey, Miles, a little modesty goes a long way, brother. Anyway, great film and great for the whole family. Signed, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> People are so- Highly reference, right? By the way, uh, I've, I have actually heard that J.K. Simmons is a very, very nice guy. I've heard that. And, and I heard Miles Taylor is an incredible douche, which is why he got punched in the face in Hawaii while yeah. on vacation with Aaron Rodgers. I heard heard the same. And yeah. and J.K. Simmons has some cannons on him, by the way. He does. He does. Next one. The only downside, if any, to this movie is that Simmons' character, number one, top cut down in any given scenario, tends to be various homosexual puns. This originally bothered me to the point of not even wanting to watch the movie, but I saw an interview where he goes out of the way to explain that it's just his character's supposed viewpoint, not his in any way. So good on him. Signed, Siffler from American Pie. (laughs) Why would you ever have to explain that? Yeah, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we all like knew his character. I'm offended for J.K. Simmons that he had to justify. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dummies! I'm not really Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that what Mark Hamill has to say, or I'm not really the Joker. <laughs> the guy who played in Glorious ba- uh, Hitler and Glorious Bastards must have a rough go. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Or Kevin Spacey in real life. Amazon. No. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. This is a movie about an abusive elitist douchebag who uses hate and fear to get other antisocial elitist douchebags to, well, I'm not sure what he gets them to do, but it's certainly not play better. I cut and paste. I don't edit for grammar, Nina. Nina, excuse me. No worries. If you want to see an inspirational movie about music, see Shine. If you want to watch a grown man have a tan- half tantrums for two hours, watch this. I don't I remember Shine. David, uh, Jeffrey, oh, Jeffrey. Le- Jeffrey Rush, I know that was in it, and he won. And it's the perfect case of a, an Oscar film right. winning an Oscar, and no one gives two shits about it after the Oscars. Never heard of it. Yeah, never, me neither. Next one. E-S-H. I don't know what that means, but in parentheses, everyone sucks in this movie. The more I think about this movie, the more I hate it. In addition to the qualms brought up by the brought up in the other one-star reviews, I'm surprised a movie this tos- toxically masculine was made in 2014. Watching this movie reminded me all of all those horrible teachers and coaches I had as a kid who thought being verbally abusive and manipulat- manipulative was somehow good teaching. Mm-hmm. Also, how come there are only dudes in the studio band? Did any people of color even have dialogue? Maybe the basis in the end? Also, who puts raisinets in popcorn? See? All valid points. Might be my favorite review. <laughs> Wait, or, or the one the black guy. He goes, what are you doing, man? With the piano guy. <laughs> right. I forgot that guy. <laughs> the, the black people in this movie were just always angry at Miles Teller. That's, yeah. That was the takeaway. <laughs> I could write more, but I will think I'll call it there. This movie has already taken up too much of my life. If you want to watch a real film about some amazing jazz drumming, check out Milford Gray's Full Mantis. That movie was all right. Signed, Tommy Lee. Haven't seen it. Also never seen it. Yeah, I mean, never heard of it. No. No, 20 bucks says that's the movie that that reviewer wrote and made himself or herself. (laughs) Just shoehorning a plug in there. He said it was called Full Mantis? Milford Graves' Full Mantis. Stop giving out free plugs on our podcast, Nina. That's for the advertisers to do. 
I, you're absolutely correct. I just want to see this. I just feel like it's the worst movie I've ever seen already. Oh, I thought you don't make one of movies because you know how hard they are to make. <laughs> you got me. Gotcha. But that one, that one just, no. Nah. Haven't seen it since I had no idea I bought it. Yikes. <laughs> they wrote her. The yikes really sold me. Those, the, those, is, those reviews and the how much I spent on this are by far Kevin Israel's favorite Amazon one-star review. I love anybody who goes to leave a review just because they're upset about something that has nothing to do with the movie. Yes. <laughs> Last one. All narcissistic MFs, like this instructor, should be, de- put G- nah, should be put down like a sick animal. I will be more than happy to volunteer my services to, wa- to whack every one of these MFs. These people are demonic. Wow. He's like the Batman for all. The Batman who won't use guns or curse. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Israel, did Nina Serafina gut the sacred cow? Nina, I got to tell you, you are lovely. You made some awesome points. Uh, the, the The whole idea that people like this movie for reasons that don't really have to do with what the movie is actually about is, is a, is a great point. Um, I don't think you fully got it. This one though, this is a, this movie was, this movie's a juggernaut and it's one that I didn't, I didn't know what I was going, how I was going to feel about it when I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to hit me as hard as it did. I don't know if it's going to be one of those movies that I'm going to have on replay in my, uh, in oh, my yeah. queue, but it's a, it's a powerful movie. And JK Simmons, I mean, I, I get your point that it's, he, you know, it's a performance driven movie and a, and not and light on the plot, but his performance is so fucking good. And he just becomes the worst, like of all the bad guys I've seen in movies, he might be the worst bad guy. And Thanos killed half of the universe. And I think Fletcher might be worse than Thanos. (laughs) So that said, you did a great job, but I don't think you got this one. I will agree. Even the, uh, I I will agree. I love this film. And when you wrote me, I go, well, you're going against one of the two films I consider to be the best in the last 10 years that I've seen. The other being The Founder. If you have not watched that, do not. Uh, it's such a good movie. Fucking love it. That th- These two films are absolutely. Or it, it, again, this is why I don't take the Oscars seriously and I haven't taken them seriously in years. Those films were completely snubbed. And those films were fucking amazing. More memorable than a lot of the shit that is won now. I love this film. I can watch it at any juncture. I think it's fantastic. And like you just said very aptly all both of you that his his performance is insane and i love watching a psychopath take course and my other jk simmons favorite role of course is jay jonah jameson in spider-man films and god damn it i can't wait for it in the new one because you see him teasing the end of the last spider-man film and mm-hmm. with a smile on my fucking face is jay jonah which jameson. by the way if you watch the invincible on netflix the superhero cartoon and he plays he, what's that it's on amazon Amazon, sorry. Uh, he plays one of the main characters, Omni Man, who's supposed to be like yeah, Superman. Yeah. He's just as psychopathic as he he's is in extremely this. psychopathic. Yeah, it's it's, and he's a great psychopath, and he makes that movie, he makes that show because he's fucking amazing in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, J.K. Simmons. So funny. Um, I rewatched with Lash last night, but before that, I watched the, this like rom com type movie with, um, and he was, um, he was like the love interest in it and it was just really sweet to see him play like this soft guy it was great was it not a sociopath it was the meddler 
Oh, okay. I haven't heard that one. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I love this film. It's fantastic. We already said that already. Uh, Nina, tell everybody what you're up to yet again, where we can find you. Yeah. You yeah. Um, yeah. Watch, watch my show on YouTube. Um, I'm about to start pitching it to some networks. And so if we have a little bit more YouTube views, that always helps. It's really easy to remember. Sorry about that. First thing that'll pop up on YouTube when you punch it in. And yeah, follow me on Twitter for more film hot takes. And I ask a lot of film questions. So it's Nina Serafina. Kevin Israel. Uh, KevinIsrael.com. You can actually check me out on LOL Networks and Kevin Hart's Lift Comics. I just did an episode. Uh, it's episode six that just dropped this past weekend, which doesn't mean anything because I don't know when this episode is going to drop. <laughs> but uh, it's on it's on the uh, the LOL Network. I think it's on YouTube and uh, and pretty much everywhere you can get the LOL Network. So that's cool. And KevinIsrael.com for all my upcoming dates. KevinGoatee.com for the same without the Kevin Hart credit to my name. That's for sure. But uh, more importantly, go to Gutting the Sacred Cow on any of the podcast platforms you catch us on and leave us a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review. Do that for us. We thank you kindly. It does help us with the algorithm and gets us boosted up in there. And uh, again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Gutting the Sacred Cow, on Twitter, GTSC Podcast. And the most important thing you can do is whenever you're around the old barbecue or cookout or hanging outside, shooting the shit with your friends, and you're saying, hey – Give me a good podcast to listen to. God damn it. Make us the first choice that you come that, that comes out of your mouth because we're funny, we're entertaining, and we're doing something that, that no one else is doing, and that's inviting guests to pick films that everyone loves or have made a lot of money or won a lot of awards, and people have the balls like Nina to come on and say, nope, not having it. <laughs> GuttingTheSacredCow.com. Nina, Serafina, you've been amazing. Thanks for coming on, hanging out. We appreciate Thank it. You. And we'll see you guys later. Take care. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.